Good afternoon. David, I want to tell you, thank you for your personal examples and your message. It's super encouraging and uh, just was really great to hear. I'm always amazed at how the messages and everything seems to tie together as well because I feel like there's some points that I'm starting to wonder if you're going to go into some of my scriptures and stuff. <laughs> okay, so are we, are we there yet? Uh, that's the title of my message. Um, I'm not sure... I was going to say, actually, um, I'm sure most of you that have kids have heard this before. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Coming from the back seat of the car, are we there yet? I got to experience this with my daughter, Alyssa, several years ago. Uh, we were coming back from Coffeyville, Kansas, on our way back to Utah. We used to live there. Uh, it was after my father-in-law had passed away. And my wife and son, Samuel, had stayed behind. They were going to fly back. And we ended up driving back because I needed to get back to work. So I had been driving back from Coffeyville to Utah, and Alyssa, she had been in the car going to the feast, you know, a few times. It's only five, so it was just a few hours away. We'd go to the feast, and she'd just drive around town. So she was never used to being on a trip this long. So about every 20 minutes, I would hear from the back seat in a small, still voice, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And... I would tell her, I'd try to be very patient. I'd say, okay, um, we're not going to get there till tomorrow. So it's going to be a while. You know, you don't have to keep asking me if we're going to be there. But I try to be patient about it. She didn't quite understand. And she'd still keep asking me over and over. Um, but I just kept telling her that uh, we'll be there by tomorrow. It's going to be fine. So regarding Alyssa asking me if we're, gonna, if we're there yet, are you as sick and tired of the headlines that we're hearing today. I mean, there's, there's so many sad things we're hearing out in the world, and we know it's Satan's world. Here are a few examples of some of the things I'm tired of hearing about on a daily basis. Uh, they're not in any specific order of importance, but are a part of our sick and dying world, which is Satan is ruling up this time. Uh, first of all, climate change. We hear climate change, is it real, is it not real? And then we have the DOJ situation. Uh, UFOs, aka unidentified flying phenomenons, they're calling it now. There's a big thing about UFOs just recently, big diatribe they were talking about. Uh, the Ukraine war, I mean, that's a big deal that's going on. COVID, Hunter Biden, Biden family corruption. It's never ending. Um, the 2024 presidential election, inflation, gas prices, the indictments against President Trump, January the 6th, LBGP, let's see, actually, actually LGBTQIA plus is what it is now, and it's always changing. Uh, but then there's transgenderism, BLM, China, lab-grown meat, fake meat. Of course, I have to mention the, the Barbie movie as well. Uh, the list goes on and on. Well, I have some great news for y'all. Eventually, this is going to end because Jesus is coming back. And we need him to fix all of these problems. We can pray about all these issues, but ultimately, it's Jesus coming back that's going to fix this. doesn't matter who the president is in the office in 2024. It doesn't matter whether it's Republican, Democrat. You can't vote out sin. But are we truly ready? Are we prepared? Are we focused? 
on that being our top priority of Jesus coming back. Come, go with me now to Revelation 16, verse 15. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. We need to be spiritually, mentally, physically, and relation, relationally prepared for his return, or we would get caught off guard. We could. Like verse 15 says, he comes like a thief. So every night before we go to bed, we lock our houses. And as part of our preparation of taking care of our family, protecting them, um, I'm sure that we take care of our hygiene needs, I would hope. And uh, we lay out our clothes for the next day, make lunches, set an alarm so we wake up every day. Uh, we need to make sure we're physically prepared for the next day. So these are things that we do in a physical manner to prepare. If we did not do these things, we could put ourselves in risk of danger if we don't lock our house because people come in and do home invasions and such. Or we could potentially be late for work the next day or school, which is not good. And I'm personally trying to allow myself to have more time these days to get to work on time because the traditionally I'll barely get there on time. I don't allow myself enough time to get there. And I need to set an example to uh, the guys that work for me to make sure if I'm asking them to be on time, I have to do the same for myself. So I'm setting an example to be prepared. And I have a sense of peace now because I do get to work early. I don't feel like I'm being rushed, which is a good thing. My day goes better and actually time to pray and do all those things. So besides the daily routines, this whole life is about being properly prepared. God is preparing his people and he expects us to be prepared. And he will put us into circumstances to prepare us. And there's different levels of preparedness as well. You know, there are many examples, but I'm just going to go over a few right now. So we all went to school, or there's kids going to school now, and we have our tests that we take, and we're learning and being taught and taking tests to make sure we're preparing to get a diploma so we can have the perfect job. Looking back into my personal life, I can see where God is preparing me as I was in my job searches, getting laid off and such, to where I am now. God prepared me for the job I'm at now, and I can see, going back, how he prepared me for these situations. So they could be in the job that I'm in now. So we just need to be patient and make sure that we're allowing God to help us to prepare. And a great example of preparedness is recently we had the windstorm back on Father's Day that knocked the power out for several people. They were out of power for over a week. I know David and uh, Debbie were out of power for about a week, which was really rough on them. And I, we weren't prepared for it. Luckily, our power didn't go out. And um, that's something I we're looking into is, you know, get a generator and such. But I'm not saying get a generator. You don't have to go buy a generator. Uh, maybe you can't even afford to get one. But all I'm trying to say is try to be prepared the best that you can. And I know of a lot of stories where people's power went down. They didn't have a generator. People were able to get a generator for them. And there was places that people could go where people allowed them to come to their house. So there's a lot of good stuff going on like that. So... We just need to look out for each other as well and be praying and helping each other in these aspects.
but it's good to be prepared the best that we can and put our faith in God that he's going to help us. So the weekly Sabbath and the feast are other areas of being prepared. And both are commanded. We're supposed to prepare for the feast. We're even told to budget our money for that purpose, to give 10% of a second tithe to make it so we can go to the feast. And we prepare our budget throughout the year. God commands it. And we can get into serious financial difficulties if we're not preparing with our money that God commands us to do. So let's talk more about the Sabbath day. Let's go to Exodus to chapter 20, verses 8 through 10. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor. So you're working six days. We're commanded to do that. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of your Lord God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within the gates. Again, God is telling us to be preparing throughout the week. And we are commanded to work and prepare ahead of time so that the Sabbath doesn't catch us off guard. So that we can actually truly rest and be at peace and enjoy the day because God made the day for us to rest and enjoy. So just like preparing for the Sabbath, there is also a lot of preparation that goes into the feast as well. Like personally, you need to make reservations, got to make sure your car is working, get a rental car, all the different things. And you know from what I've mentioned in messages before that I've had challenges with making sure my car is ready. And my brother-in-law, Matt Seal, says he'll never ride with us to the feast in our car. I don't blame him for that, but that's an area that I'm working on to do better. We typically rent now when we go. Uh, speaking of, I had a situation with my Corolla just the other day. Uh, I was driving to work, and I heard this weird squeaky noise, and I thought, ah, it's probably nothing. So I, I prayed about it. Please just get me to work, okay? And got me to work just fine. But the next day, I was doing it again, and then uh, kind of noticed a little surge in power, and then the battery light came on. It's like, uh-oh, something's going on. So I drove straight to AutoZone, had them hook up a deal to it, and they're like, yeah, your car's fine. It's working just fine. It's like, okay. And so I figured maybe the, time, uh, the serpentine belt was loose, so I just tightened that up a little bit, and it was running just fine. So I'm driving around some more. Battery light comes back on again solid. So back to AutoZone. And this time I, I called the lady, and she's like, well, we better do another test this time. Let's make sure. So they put a voltmeter on it. And the guy's like, yeah, your alternator's bad. So learning that you got to focus and get on these things immediately. So it was taken care of, and I'm glad I did because I was about ready to just head home, and Samuel was going to have the car for the next day to take over to his grandma's house so he could help her. So I was really thankful that light came back on because I was just going to let him drive it, and it probably would have broke down on him the next day. So going back to talking about preparing for the feast, Besides personally preparing for the feast, there's a lot of preparation that goes on behind the scenes to put a feast together. And I'm going to put in a shameless plug that if there's anything you guys can think of that you would like to volunteer for, if you're going to be going to the feast here in Arkansas, there's a table back there with a list of lots of different things you can volunteer for. So I would say uh, pray about it, and if you feel led to volunteer something on the list, uh, to go ahead and do so if you're planning on attending the feast in Arkansas this year. So, moving on, another example of preparing is a wedding. So, 
we prepare for weddings, right? We make sure that all the things are going well. And um, Thankfully, um, for Kim and I, her family was very generous and helped put together the wedding here in Tulsa as I was living in Utah and she was in South Carolina. So we met here, but Kim and I were driving in my truck one day and uh, we're talking about being prepared for the wedding and she's asking me questions about uh, different things we should do and uh, I think, I can't remember exactly what it was to be honest, but we were talking back and forth and I was just like, um, whatever you want to do, Kim's fine, whatever you want to do. And I quickly learned when she's like, pull over, we're going to get this truck off on the side of the road and have a discussion. And so we did so. And she was like, um, you need to be more involved. I want your help on this. And so I learned at that on that day, okay, we need to be working on this together. This is my wedding too. So we worked on it together. And I've learned that I need to be involved and help prepare for our life together as a married couple. Uh, making sure that we're working together as a team. So let's go now to Matthew chapter 25. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish, I was being foolish, they took their lamps and they took no oil with them, but the wise took their oil and the vessels with their lamps but while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go to meet him. And then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But rather, go to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they were to buy, went to buy, when the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him into the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. And like I mentioned before, uh, he can come like a thief in the night, we said in the other verse. So, God is trying to pre prepare us for Christ's return. Are we paying attention in our daily lives with our interactions and reactions with those around us? As David was talking about, um, he gave money to this gentleman to help him out. Uh, what are we doing you know, to help other people in circumstances like that? I'm not saying we have to do it with everybody that comes along, but there's times, like I even mentioned in the Bible study, where I wish I can get, I ask for opportunities to come back, where sometimes I feel like I'm being prompted and I didn't react in that moment. So it's good to be thinking of these things, of how we can react and help people. So we need to watch, seek, and prepare. We have to be patient and allow things to happen in God's timing as well. Sometimes you can't force these things. For instance, as I was working on my message, um, I had another message in mind that I was going to put together. And it just wasn't clicking. It wasn't working. And it was one I thought about for several uh, weeks. Um, but when I sat down to put it together, it just wasn't happening. So I just asked for God's help. I just said, I need your help. Um, I typically will you know, ask for his help to guide me to the message. What should I speak on? And after I prayed about it, I went to sleep. 
figured I'll go to bed and then I'll get up early in the morning and I'm sure more thoughts and ideas will come. Well, about 1.30 in the morning, I woke up and I was like really thirsty and had to go get a drink of water and all of a sudden I was just flooded with all these ideas, this in inspiration coming from God. And sometimes that, you know, we just need to be connected and make sure that we're um, being prepared and getting the download. So that's how this message came about. So in conclusion, are we there yet? Are we? Maybe not. Satan definitely has his foot on the gas pedal, for sure. It, we're racing. This world is racing to go off the cliff. But don't get discouraged. Be of good cheer, for we know this life wasn't meant to be easy. But we have a wonderful future ahead of us that we need to be preparing for. So I'd like to turn uh, to our final verse. And that's going to be in Revelation 21, verses 1 through 4. And this is what we're preparing for. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the temple of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and, he, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away.